0: have a problem every year around MLK Day
1: because
0: the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., for some reason, has been treated as America's civil rights mascot. On this day, you'll have folks who would have never in their life marched with, agreed with, voted with anything he believed in. One of the biggest, biggest in the United States Congress. He had the audacity to send out the march has begun. Every day we rise like the sun. We fight till the battle is won. Can you hear the
2: footsteps? March and resist. Pump your fists. Wave your hand in the air just like this. We are live here on a different day. I'm your host, Sharon Hinton. As always, I have amazing guests bringing you information that hopefully will bring your consciousness, your conversation, your mentality, your strategies to another level. The show is called On Another Level. I have an amazing guest here with me tonight, because I always do, Um, Melvin Vieira Jr. You're going to find out why you need to get a piece of paper and a pencil to take down information, especially if you want to own a home one day or you already own a home and you want to hold on to it. Stay with us and take information. We're on another level and be right back
3: level since housing segregation was actually legal. Federal statistics show the rate of homeownership in the black community is only 50%. 11 Alive's Don White is live in Southwest Atlanta with what's behind this trend and some possible solutions, Don.
4: Ron James Johnson, he finally realized his dream of owning a home. He moved into this Southwest Atlanta neighborhood with a little help along the way.
3: I, I tried to get some people to help me.
4: James Johnson family. never thought he'd be decorating a home he owned.
3: I was taught home ownership by my parents and, and my mother and my grandmother.
4: And he finally was able to buy his own home by getting some help.
3: I actually used the Atlanta Housing Authority with their program to get a down payment assistance.
4: Realtor uh, Julian uh, Jackson, hey,
3: but your first house is not, is not your final house.
4: Help James uh, make his dreams it's a it's reality becoming a first-time home buyer.
0: With Caucasians, historically, they've had a whole lot more money in their community um, through history, and that affects who's what you're putting in an offer on the house.
4: Federal statistics show the rate of home ownership for whites is 70 percent. Julian says to equal the playing field, you need to get your finances in order years in advance.
0: Down payments, you want to make sure, um, depending on if you're a 1099 worker or not, you, know, you have to have several years of taxes. Uh, you have to file your taxes.
4: Also, live within your means if you're buying for the first time.
0: They might see a house that might be their, that, that might be that person's third, fourth, fifth home.
4: Some other tips to increase black home ownership include home ownership counseling and using special purpose credit programs if needed.
3: When you own, you are building equity and that is a form of wealth. One thing we've learned is that one reason black wealth is less than white wealth is because so many of us are not homeowners.
4: James wanted to keep his money within the black community. So all of his contractors, his loan agent and his real estate agent were all black. Ron.
2: Interesting information, especially if you live in Boston because Boston again, hits number three, the most expensive city in the country. Not just the state, in the country. And it jockeys back and forth between um, San Francisco and New York and Boston. But Boston, I think about six months ago, was the top most expensive city in the world. That's deep. We're here in Boston. And so for those of you who are um, black or black-adjacent, a person of color, if you don't have a home now, um, the only demographic that has actually decreased in Boston is the African American, black African Americans, right? For those of you who live in Hyde Park, the demographics are 70%, it's the highest percentage of any district in the city of immigrants and so and people of color. So when you're looking at can I afford to stay in the city where I was born, where my family was raised, can I afford to buy a house? Can I afford to hold on to a house? to my house, or a house, or the house, or get another house, and what is the importance of it? Who cares? My guest here, Melvin Vieira Jr., full disclosure, he's a cousin of mine, with family, but my mother had 17 brothers and sisters, that's just on her side, he's from my father's side, so I'm always meeting cousins, and he's a good cousin, you know, this family and then his family, right, so he's family. And he's going to give us the information about um, housing and real estate because You were until 2022.
0: Correct. Well, it was one year. It was 2022. I was the past, and I am am now the past president of the Greater Boston Association of Realtors.
2: Now, who is that? I mean, it's realtors. Is that realtors, individual realtors, or developers, or just anybody else who owns property, selling property, real estate agent brokers? Who who actually was in that organization?
0: Well, you actually asked a very good question because (laughs) no no one really ever understands. They hear about real estate agents. Well. You can be a real estate agent by getting an actual license by the state of Massachusetts or the state you're in. That means you're just an agent. Mm -hmm. But when you actually join the actual National Association of Realtors, Mm -hmm. you actually become part of an organization, which is a worldwide organization. There's over 1,600,000 realtors in the whole world. What? Yes. People don't realize that. But that does not mean because you have a real estate license that you're actually a real estate, you're a realtor. You're a real estate agent.
2: What's the difference?
0: Because you pay into the association, but also understand something. When you pay in an association, we're held to a higher standard. We're held mm-hmm. to ethic, ethics. Okay, we have code of ethics that we have to abide by. We've actually now just adopted now a fair housing challenge, and we've actually implemented it. We're implementing to our next several years going forward that every single person who actually joins the National Association of Realtors has to take the fair housing class as well, as well as take the ethics class to actually keep your certification as a realtor part of the association. So what we're always doing is trying to raise the bar to make sure that those people are working on a higher level to protect the consumer.
2: Okay, so, but here's the deal. And and there's some other clips later on in the show that we'll talk about redlining, Mm -hmm. that we'll talk about governmental policies that um, strictly kept black Americans out. I mean, there were veterans, it was a veterans bill, where if you went to war and you fought for this country, which black folks have fought in every single war in this country, right, then you were supposed to come back with these, all these incentives. Mm-hmm. And one of them was housing allowances, mm-hmm. the VA, and then there was uh, benefits and they're supposed to take care of you and healthcare and all the other good stuff, but that didn't happen. It, that didn't happen for our people. I agree. Instead, we came back with uniforms and we were called being uppity and then lynched and killed and murdered. And that's in recent history. Mm-hmm. Like you and I are old enough to remember when that was happening, <laughs> Shh, right?
0: Don't tell everybody.
2: Oh, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we look good. We don't look like we've been what we've been through. <laughs> but, you know, I remember that. And still, so there are terms that um, some people who are not from this country originally or don't know anything about black history or, or the history of this country, but see the benefits of this country um, there are people who are not even citizens, but because the administration magnanimously accepted refugees or people who are running away from um, war you know, or, or, or domestic abuse or violence or whatever in their country, they come here and they get allowances that black folks who live here who died for that are not getting. So mm-hmm. there's tension right yes. now around this, right? And then when we talk about reparations, and, and that'll be a whole other big show um, here. But that movement has been happening since the 60s in terms of reparations. It's starting to gain steam again, Mm -hmm. but then politically, we've got some people in office that don't even want black people to vote, never mind own property. Mm -hmm. So when people think about, um, and there's some people that think about, um, you know, 40 acres and a mule that Mm -hmm. everybody was supposed to get after slavery, didn't happen. And so because um, history, the true history of what has happened to black indigenous people of color in this country, along with rich white men, You know, the we the people, white men in the Constitution that had property, which was us. um, We don't really know. Mm -hmm. And there's at least 30 states across the country that are uh, um, filing legislation, supporting legislation, passing legislation against critical race theory, which is basically American history. Mm -hmm. And that includes everybody. So we don't know if any other generations will ever really know. True. Um, And, you know, DeSantis, I'm not giving him a shout out, but I kind of am. Um, he's trying to be 2.0, and in Florida, just dial back on everybody to the point of where Disney wants to move. Disney's like, we're going to go to Vegas, man. We're going to—we're not even going to spend another billion dollars in here because you're crazy. And you know, then there's a whole piece where January 6th, you had you. <laughs> January 6th, I think America looks crazy to most other countries that may not be democratic, but they definitely have a hole in their people. They're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, that ain't happening, whether you're president or not we'll put you in jail we will shoot you we will like no 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 and and so you know there's positive and negative to that but getting down to the home ownership and what has been denied black people black people in this country what is it that we need to do in that particular clip he said you know you got to put your money down there's home ownership programs from the home center first Mm -hmm. time home ownership there's Mm -hmm. naca and naca was actually formed because There were over 350 homes that were taken from black families Mm -hmm. in the black community from Boston. They didn't get their homes back, but this white boy, sorry Bruce, Bruce Marks, um, he actually formed an organization to help people gain home ownership across the country in certain key places. Then the home center, Boston, city of Boston has the home ownership program Mm -hmm. that's supposed to um, help people get their first time home ownership. if somebody wanted to buy a house, see, I'm, I listened to this guy in Atlanta and what he was talking about. But as a homeowner, I know the hoops that I had to go through. And I know that, I'm not going to tell you on, on where I live because you'll roll up on me and I have a dog. But um, <laughs> I know that what they tell you on paper still has some variables. I remember going to close the house and they were like, I said, so what are the closing costs? Oh, we don't really know. And I was like, how do you not know? If I were to buy a car, you would know the taxes would take on my car. This is a house. And so there's certain things that you kind of can't prepare for, and there's certain other things that could change. They'll tell you you have to have a certain level of credit. Correct. And then, um, but reports show that you could still have good credit. You could still have the money in the bank. You could still have identified a place, and there's other things that will play against you as a black American, bias, racial bias, um, that's there. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I was going to buy my house, and I'm also part of a CDC, Affordable Housing CDC, Southwest Boston, we know that there are still deeds that white folks had in their houses to not sell it to black people across the country so if you really want to buy tell us the significance of owning property especially when it comes to education because at one point white folks could borrow against their houses and help to finance their kids education that doesn't seem to be happening across the board for a lot of different people but definitely for black people in roxbury where the um the wealth is like eight dollars mm-hmm. versus two hundred and forty seven thousand dollars for caucasians and then in roxbury where the the um your life is is 35 years less because of where you live. How do you tell somebody that this is a good move when they can barely own rent? When I looked at the rents in the apartments, in the hood, what used to be the hood, mm-hmm. 2,500 to 3,000 for a one bedroom, and that's not even mm-hmm. including utilities. So does it make sense to still own property, to still have real estate, to still buy a house? And what's the difference between investment real estate and real estate that you own, that possibly get passed down for your family, that generational wealth, that asset building, should we still be trying to buy a house? The American dream. You,
0: you ask a lot of questions. I you do. Ha- you, 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 you put this whole piece together, which I appreciate, and you actually um, have great statistics and great, st- great stats. You've done your homework, you really have. But Sharon, the biggest piece that we've all forgot mm-hmm do you remember we were in school did we have home economics in the school yes and we
2: had shop okay so let me ask you a question where is it today well the unions lobbied to take shop out of the schools so that they could push everybody toward the college education that would put people in debt and it's the debt that you can't get rid of even if you declare bankruptcy but
0: home economics no one did anything they just removed it if you would turn in every school, home economics does not mean cooking and cleaning. That's right. Home economics means doing budgeting, taking, budgeting your That's bank right. book, your taxes, how, how to actually how to buy go groceries. buy groceries, everything else, and how to itemize what you need for your household and everything else. The problem was when you remove that from the inner city of the black school and in the inner city schools where you have minori- majority minorities who are in the school system, they can never learn how to take care. So that is your very first step to actually learning how to gain financial wealth. Hold
2: up, hold up. I'm going to stop you right there. Most people will say it's the home first, and then the school is supposed to reinforce that. Agree?
0: The problem is this. If they've been never taught, how could they ever go and teach it from the that's home? That's
2: true. But I remember the first—well, my father was a beast, man. He had us out on Blue Hill Avenue selling Christmas trees. I was nine. Correct. But, 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 the, but you understand there's different levels of generations that have gone through, okay? But a lot and of the—that's true. Mm-hmm. But there was a time when we did do that. But it got lost. It's lost or taken the, away. It's taken away,
0: correct. So, so we, you asked a bunch of questions, and I want to just show you the, the whole premise We really think about this. Okay. If we started right from the very beginning, okay, in the school system, and then if we took our local CDCs and our NDCs who are supposed to serve your local communities, okay, and they actually had their financial literacy programs that they do have, okay, but if they actually would do the true outreach, to the actual houses, not the buildings and the buildings they own, but to the homes that surround their actual community and their footprint, then in turn, when the kids are going to school, the kids are now coming home going, "Mummy, daddy, or aunt, grandmother, whoever's taking care of them at that time, mm-hmm. maybe stepmother, stepuncle, whoever, hey, what is this? Mm-hmm. And if that person doesn't know, then they'll go ahead and they can use the computer nowadays and learn how to explain that back to the child and help them out to grow. Mm-hmm. Now now i want to just go a little further with this now if you start that and you plant that seed not that seed is not going to grow right away but that seed will start to grow over years
2: mm-hmm.
0: now once we've gone ahead and done that now when the child gets older they have money in the bank they have more than eight dollars because they learned how to put their money in investment in stocks they've also learned now how to go ahead and file the taxes and do the right thing they've also learned to turn around and and basically protect their credit protect their credit especially protect their credit they then they learned how to then they would go ahead and apply for the home loan and when they're asking for all the proper paperwork or the required paperwork don't get me wrong there are what they call alternate documentation and other things approved prove if you're credit worthy and mm-hmm. credit sound mm-hmm. you get all that documentation you put it together now you laid it in front of them then no one can deny you but the problem is this There's still certain ways of still trying to deny people, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But at least if you have every base of that covered. Problem is when you walk in the door, you don't have any knowledge of what you actually need. Mm. And then what happens, they give you this long list of paperwork that says, or or letter that says you need all these things. Well, you don't even know how to first, how to start to go get those things because you were never taught how to hold on to those things from the very beginning. So I leave all that is that it starts from the schools, truthfully okay and the home don't get I'm me wrong. Pushing back. the question pack the home first but right but, but if the home doesn't know then
2: who else is going to teach So Th- think about this for one second so so, so let me br- so, so okay let me bring it back to the one of the main questions Since it is so hard it's, the cost of living is so high mm-hmm. should we even be thinking about buying houses?
0: Yes we should still always think about buying why? houses why why because that is the way of preparing generation wealth for your actual for your kids and everybody else down the road, okay? It's one of the quickest ways to obtain wealth in this whole country.
2: Mm.
0: Now, the thing is, do you have to do it alone? No, you do not. You can go ahead and get your cousin, your uncle, your friend, and all you guys join together. Create a partnership. All you, some of you, move into an area together, move into a house together. Okay, maybe you buy a three-family together, and each one of you we'll buy, buy it,
2: some land and build and buy on it. And
0: build on it. But the but the easiest thing is because the problem is now building, buying land, and building on it is because of zoning laws. That's a whole nother story we can get into. Mm-hmm. Auxiliary dwelling, ADUs, the whole thing of what's going on, which does is going to help out and help out the ho- part of the housing crisis. But my point is, is that if they would just get together and live together for a while, because your first house is. Nine times out of ten, not your only house. That house from there, you usually buy, and, and they, see, at one point, the statistics, and that's what the realtor said, that every person lives in their house for eight, seven years, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Now it has actually increased to eight to nine years. Mm-hmm. So it means people are staying in their homes a little bit longer, but that's due to a lot of other different things that are happening. Mm-hmm. Okay, My point is is that then you'd go ahead and move, you take that equity, and you use that equity as a down payment, and then you go, pull, go through something else then you all can keep that one place you buy your central base and maybe rent it out. And then split that rent up a piece to each
2: other. And see, all that stuff that you say makes sense. Mm -hmm. The reality is this family dysfunction that causes people to lose their properties because they look at that short-term money, they sell the house. Like, since I've been in my house, there's not a week goes by that someone is not trying to buy my house. I literally have walked out of my house sometime and someone's taking pictures of my house or they're sending me emails or they're calling me or you get these things, you know, we buy ugly houses, my house is not ugly. But, you know, because I'm in an area of Boston that is booming, that Mm -hmm. has single family homes, everybody is moving towards that because the other areas are saturated. I agree. And so, you know, you'll hear terms like redlining, blockbusting, which still happens, not as much as it used to, but it still happens. you hear terms like that and people people like what are you talking about and they don't know the history of the banks and the government colluding so that there were certain areas where black folks were doing just what you said buying property and getting into neighborhoods and even now statistics show that a black homeowner their home is devalued it's not valued as much and it's only because of the ownership cuz when you have a white owner in there all of a sudden it's more profitable The blockbusting that used to happen, and it still happens sometimes, where real estate agents, realtors, would go into, like one black family would move in because they didn't want to be in the hood or the projects or whatever, and they, you know, had the money, they did all the right things, they bought a house, and then historically what would happen is the neighbors would come by and put burning crosses or thorn rocks through windows or, you know, the N-word, we don't want you here, and that was happening in Boston too, that wasn't just down south. Mm -hmm. So that was happening, where they were trying to intimidate people, the wonderful play a Raisin in the Sun was all about that, mm-hmm. you know, where he got this money and it's like we're moving on up, the Jeffersons moving on up, mm-hmm. you know, in the sky. So we've always had this about doing better and doing more, um, Wall Street, you know, Black Wall Street, Tulsa, mm-hmm. and profitable and so profitable that the white people in that area made up a rumor and really came in and bombed everybody and killed over 400 people. Yeah so so we've done that and i'm wondering what what happened you know i think the breakdown of the family um, contributed to that of course because i've seen so many beautiful properties that black folks have built have you know my my father's father my grandfather had three houses he had a single family house um, a triple family house and then um, a four family house and when um, after my grandmother died he married she's dead too, so I can talk about her. He married this chick that forced him to sell his houses. Mm-hmm. And me and my brother actually had the money to buy the house, but you know, family dynamics happen. And then all of a sudden, and I I cry every time I look at the value of these houses now, because they were in our family, we owned them. And my mother's house, same thing. Um, you see people who look at the money, they look at that cash grab and then they're not realizing the long-term Term effects. Effect, right. So, how do we change that?
0: I, I want to just reverse for real quick for a second because you brought up something, um, What you you brought about. You talked about the redlining, blockbusting, and all that. There's a book called *The Color of Law*, okay, which is a very good book for your people to, and should I say my people as well, to
2: read. I was gonna say, um, you know,
0: <laughs> it's, it's all, But but the, the, this is your audience that comes right, to you. But right. you know, but my point is is that. It's a good book for them to read and understand. They could also get an audio book and understand. And they'll actually be really amazed to hear what had happened. And it's a good thing for them to understand what happened. So they don't let the things of the past repeat itself. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that we do not look at our history because we don't want to remember our history. If we would remember some of our history, I do, th- I do believe we would never repeat the same thing. Now, to go back, you're talking about how do we help and change all that and how do we do just education like you're doing today, mm-hmm. okay, bringing it to the forefront, letting people be become very well aware to know that it actually is happening, mm-hmm. and it's still happening, even though you may not think it is. Mm-hmm. The sad part about it is, is that we have this large community, and we have the social media and all these other things, and people get caught up in different things and go down the different rabbit holes and don't actually, they, they, they lose focus of what the real, actual carrot is. Mm. And the carrot is, is actually keeping on and holding on to something. Okay, is actually being able to pass it down and, and don't look at the short-term gain. You know, a hundred thousand dollars can go like that, okay? Yeah. But people don't realize you get seven, eight, nine million dollars, you go ahead and put it away and invest it, okay? You can actually live off that interest. Okay, but people don't understand compound interest. But those are the things that go back to again in the school in the school system the, and economic and training and also learning how to invest in the stock market. Understanding about buying stocks that give dividends, okay? You don't have to, the stock doesn't have to appreciate, but if it's paying you dividends
2: every year, guess what's happening? You're making money. And and it also gets taxed differently.
0: And hold on, people don't even talk about life insurance. Whole life insurance. Oh my God, yeah. We can go down this road too, but, but, but we're here for real estate and talk about why people need to do. But my thing is this, is that if they would do that, the most important thing, especially here in Boston right now, I want to just bring this up. There's the Mass Dream program that's mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. which it's up to... in certain communities, the 29 communities, which um, are known as gateway communities, are giving up to $3,000 to go ahead for down payment assistance, closing costs, whatever else. And other communities that are not part of the the gateway cities, they're giving up to $30,000. People don't realize that that's the Mass Dream program, Okay, that's mass housing. People also don't realize that the city of Boston also has the Boston Home Center, as you kind of brought up earlier, which has a lot of different programs with it. They also have programs also with inside the mass housing program. There's programs for people to be able to de-lead their house, people to go ahead and fix up and do certain things in their house because their house is falling down.
2: Especially if they're an elder.
0: Correct. And that's why, see, the LD has to understand that there is money out there, but no one teaches them and tells them that. Okay? And, of course, they're getting frustrated because they're getting older, and their children sometimes don't want to come back and try to help. Okay? We all want to be me, 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 but sometimes we can't be me, me, me. Okay, We've got to be we. We've got to be able to help our family out.
2: If we don't, we're going to perish.
0: Exactly. And if we don't reach down and grab them by a hand. Now, if they don't want to come, they don't want to come. But those who want to come, bring them along.
2: So we got to go to a break. For those of you that don't want to come, I'm Harriet. I's going to be free. (laughs) (laughs) I's going to be free. And you need to get a pencil and a paper because we're giving you information that may help you get out of the hole that you're in or that you're trying not to go deeper in, and that if you, unless you're independently wealthy and you don't need any more money, and you got all the houses that you want and you're just blissfully going along, tra-la-la-la-la. If not, stay with us. We've got another piece of information about home ownership right now.
4: Interested in becoming a radio DJ? Boston Neighborhood Network's 102.9 FM is offering a course of radio production that can get you started. For more information, please head over to bnnmedia.org backslash services, backslash workshops
3: Many people lost their homes during the Great Depression. Plus, housing construction came to a halt. So under President Franklin D. Roosevelt's New Deal, the government created the Home Owners Loan Corporation, or HOLC, in 1933, and the Federal Housing Administration, or FHA, in 1934. The FHA insured mortgages that resulted in the mass production of houses for suburban subdivisions built strictly for white people around the country. The wording in the HOLC contracts actually forbade properties from being sold to anyone who wasn't white. The FHA also created a new mortgage system, which made housing in the suburbs affordable, the same mortgage system that's used to this day. But black people were not granted access to these new affordable loans. As a matter of fact, in 239 U.S. cities, the HOLC created color-coded residential security maps to decide where mortgages could or cannot be issued. The maps categorized neighborhoods by four grades. Green, blue, yellow, and red. Green was for neighborhoods where professional men lived. These neighborhoods lacked quote, a single foreigner or Negro. These were the easiest neighborhoods to get an FHA loan. Neighborhoods in red zones were considered hazardous because of infiltration by quote, an undesirable population. These were predominantly black neighborhoods and were completely ineligible for FHA loans. Today, this practice is known as redlining. With virtually no other home ownership options, African-Americans in cities were forced into neighborhoods that received little to no access to credit, mortgages, investment from banks, insurance companies, and savings and loans associations. Local banks considered these neighborhoods unfit for investment. Man, entire blocks were empty and crumbling. Access to healthcare, retail stores, and grocery stores with healthy foods was scarce. With limited businesses in the area, employment was rarely available, and crime in these neighborhoods often followed. If an African-American in one of these redline zones wanted to buy instead of rent, remember, they wouldn't have access to the FHA loans their white counterparts did. So in some places, like one neighborhood in Chicago's west side, black people had to buy on contract this was a predatory agreement where the buyer would often purchase the home at about twice the price that the seller had paid the seller kept the deed until the house was fully purchased in contrast to a normal mortgage where buyers can gain equity in the meantime if the buyer missed just one payment they would lose their down payment all their previous monthly payments and even the home itself the seller would get full rights to the home back and repeat the same predatory practice with another black buyer. On the other hand, white families were able to send their children to college using the equity they built. They were able to take care of their elderly parents and didn't need to depend on their own kids financially once they got old themselves. Most notably, they were able to build generational wealth for their families. None of these benefits accrued to African-Americans. For decades, redlining was responsible for a widening disparity between a prosperous suburban America and impoverished inner cities. Finally, in 1968, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed the Fair Housing Act, which made it illegal to discriminate in the sale or rental of housing in any neighborhood. It also made neighborhoods where FHA loans were accepted accessible to Black people for the first time. But by then, it was too late for many Black families to afford the houses that had risen significantly in price over decades. Also, redlining policies were difficult to eliminate and have continued even in recent years. In 2010, the US Justice Department discovered Wells Fargo Bank had used similar policies to charge higher fees and rates to Black and Latinx people. It also placed them in predatory subprime loans. A New York Times article exposed loan officers who called Black clients, quote, mud people, and the risky subprime loans they pushed on them, quote, ghetto loans. In 2017, the home ownership rate of Black families in the US was 44%, compared to 73.7% for white families. According to the Brookings Institution, wealth is defined as total assets minus total liabilities. In 2017, black wealth in this country mounted to about 5% of white wealth, even though their income was about 60% of what whites made. The disparity in wealth is because according to Forbes, equity from homes is the most consistent way to build wealth in this country. But without the same advantages, black people were boxed out of the best opportunity to gain generational wealth for almost half a century. African Americans have always had good reason to be skeptical of the American dream. Because for most, that's all it was, a dream. And even though it's a
2: dream for some people, we've had great black leaders that said it was a nightmare. No, I wasn't talking about Malcolm, I'm talking about Martin Luther King. That there's a check that the United States owes black Americans and you know, there's a check, and they didn't even write it, never mind it, bouncing, that's another whole thing. So, um, again, my guest Melvin Vieira, we were talking about that before even that clip, mm-hmm. and so I played that clip so that people, if they didn't hear it the first time, okay, now you got something official that's telling you, this is what it is. Right. And I'm an educator, and I, um, I taught my daughter when she was really little, Mm-hmm. Money. This is what this is. This is what you can do with it. And then I would bring her to the grocery store. We'd put money in a, you know, a water bottle or whatever, and then she'd watch me put it into the machine to count it and get the piece of paper out and then go grocery shopping. And then I would tell her the numbers. Is it is it seven? Bigger than a one? And look at the coupons. Cause my mother, she's one of seventeen kids. She knew during the depression. She was like, look, you know. Recycling, all those terms like recycling and secondhand. When you got that many kids, when black folks was, was struggling to make you know a dollar out of five cents, never mind fifteen cents, we knew what that was. Mm-hmm. And so the whole society has shifted to um, not even think. I mean, our kids are not even thinking. They're not even being taught critical thinking. Like, does this make sense? When my daughter, I had my daughter running through the supermarket getting coupons. She's like, mommy, did I do good? Yay, baby, that's 75% off, that's 50% And then I would click it and click it. And we played games with money, literally games with money so she knew. And it took a minute for her to really, like we were walking through the mall and she was already a teenager. She was like 13, 14 or something. She stopped and she said, I get it. If you want something, you go and you you work for it and you buy what you want. And I was like, bingo. But i had been teaching her ever since she was smaller. But then when you're, even as an educator, it's like you're, you have to reprogram or deprogram your kid when they come out of these systems that are really not educating them correctly. Mm-hmm. I remember an elementary school shop, home economics. So you were already being positioned to college or trade. Mm-hmm. Now, my father was into education, so I went to Beaver Country Day School. Wealthy, not rich, there's a difference. Wealthy. White, all female prep school. Mm-hmm. Like, bang. Like, we know this is what you're doing, this is where you're going. But even though I graduated in the top five percentile of my class, some from there put in my transcript, and that was during the time when they wouldn't let you see your transcript, that I had a hatred for white people and disdain for authority. I didn't have either, mm-hmm. but my father was a black nationalist. So I had a sense of pride of who I was, and I actually formed the first black student union at that school in response to what they were doing to black people there. I'm sitting up there reading the book, history book, and they only had one paragraph about black people, and the only thing they said is we had wide noses, dark skinned, we used to be slaves. I was pissed. Mm-hmm. And so everybody, you know, when you're the only black student there, everybody sort of turns around and looks at you. is like, is that true? And you're just like, oh, man. You know, I'm a kid. I came here to get educated just like you. Like, I'm not the spokesman for black people. I could tell you how I feel, how this is. And so we still deal with that in terms of searching for a sense of identity. And it's because, like you said, we're not taking the responsibility to teach in our history. If you know the system is not doing it, mm-hmm. you have to do it. Yep. I knew that the system was not gonna teach my daughter what I needed her to do to be able to stand up on her own two feet. I did it. And then when, <laughs> when I saw other kids, I did it with them too. Um, when I was in, sc- in, in one of the high schools, um, teaching the 11th grade, college and careers, and part of the curriculum was budgeting. Uh, and, and another part of it was um, getting a good-paying job. Mm-hmm. I had to break it down to them and say, well, what is a good-paying job? Do you know how much it costs to live? And really break it down to them and change the, the course that, that, that day, the coursework that day, because I'm not going to be able to get to those higher concepts and so we're not dealing with the basic stuff. Correct. Like, how much is it? And so, you know, there's this, this, this um, Facebook page of growing up in Roxbury. You grew up in Roxbury, this. Mm-hmm. And I started looking at, the black and white pictures of what Blue Hill Avenue used to look like. Mm-hmm. I remember businesses all up and down Blue Hill Avenue. You look at it now, and it's housing, affordable housing, but it's not affordable. Because if you don't have the job to be able to pay that, then it's not affordable. But I'm watching how the, those houses have misplaced or replaced or displaced businesses. You need businesses and you, you need certain things in a healthy community. And I remember being able to go to Blue Hill Avenue to get whatever you wanted. Oh, yeah. And then if you didn't get it there, then you went to Dudley, which mm-hmm. is now Nubian Square. I get it. But we went to Dudley, and maybe you went downtown. But you mm-hmm. know, if you went downtown, you might have to fight, or they may not let you in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think some of the Brigham's Ice Cream and um, Woolworths. Yeah. Woolworths, so the only Woolworths. two peak places. You get them hot dogs or Woolworths, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know, but we didn't even have to go there. And then on top of the businesses being there, when black businesses started taking over and buying the buildings, then you had a place that you could work. Mm-hmm. And so you had the work ethic, you lived there, you would see your teachers, you would see you know, the pastors, so you had a sense of community. Like we're in this together and we can do this together, like what you talked about before the break. It's a we thing, it's not just a me thing. There's a me thing in there. But you won't be able to get as far as you can if you don't understand that all of us together will get further If we put our um, resources together, now recently, within the past 10 years or so, the city had to recognize susus and had to recognize other Mm -hmm. uh, cultures coming together and putting their money in places other than banks, Banks, because their cultural um, training was, we don't trust the banks, Mm -hmm. right? And so that was so powerful in terms of the money, and and, and when you go to buy a house, they want to say, well, where'd you get the money from?
0: They want to source it.
2: right? And so people are saying, well, my family put it together, and they've got 20000 30000 and banks are like, wait, wait, wait. But they didn't want to pass up that money, so then they changed the policies. Mm-hmm. Black people from other countries do that. Jamaicans, Haitians, they do that. They put their money together. Black Americans in this country used to do that, mm-hmm. and now they're not doing that. And I'm wondering, where is the disconnect? Like, what? It's not like you can't see that example right in front of you. You see it in front of you, and some of us have seen it in our families. What is going on?
0: You know, you brought up something, but what I also realize is that we are children of the baby, baby boomers. Excuse me, no children. Excuse me. We are baby boomers, actually. Mm-hmm. And we have children now, or people, some of us our age, have children that are actually millennials. What, the struggles we went through and the things that we went through at our age and what our parents went through was in the 30s they were born in the
2: 30s depression was yeah
0: depression was real and they had to learn to struggle and work together
2: but we went through the rationing and we were Co- just talking about this this generation hasn't gone through any, any of that any of that
0: correct so that's why I wanted to bring that full circle where has it gone yeah they haven't been through that struggle as much as they feel they've been through that struggle no 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 but
2: they're breaking
0: Bre- right but think about this remember you just said we go downtown and you don't know if something may happen, whatever. I remember getting on the bus. I remember swimming, get this, swimming at the Roxbury Boys Club, getting on that, get, sw- getting on that bus to go against Charlestown and Southie.
2: Yeah.
0: I remember us winning, beating them, and,
2: and then having have a, a fight.
0: police, no, have a <laughs> police escort, escort us through to get in and out. That's true. Okay? I remember when busing first started, we, had, we stuck together. That's true. We knew that we had to do things together. That's true. Because we knew that if we didn't, we'd be in trouble. Somebody's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get hurt. And we were not going to leave you by yourself on that corner. That's right. Don't get me wrong. There still was violence, okay? There always was. But we also realized, think about this. When you went down the street back
2: when you were a child, what happened if you did something around the corner? Oh, please. What you didn't want to have happen is for your parents to find out about it. And there were people in the neighborhood that were looking at you that could chastise you just like your parents. So you got to, you you got chastised twice. You would get it from, you know, Auntie or a nana, whoever was looking out the window mm-hmm. that was gonna tell your parents, and then your parents were like, you know, because the whole thing was you know how to carry yourself. Don't make us look bad. Don't be acting up. It was like you know. But but guess what? There was rules and boundaries. Right, but guess what? It was a rotary dial phone, okay? But think about this that's for a true. second. Think about it, it was a rotary dial phone. Wait a minute. We're yelling out the but window. You know, that's my whole point. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm getting
0: to go with. So it wasn't like a cell phone where they would call no, and videotape no, and send your parents. No. As soon as you got around that corner, oh. you got to the house. You were like, yo, how did you find out that quick? That's right.
2: Well, because the neighborhood, and the community cared about one another. It was tight. That's right. They stayed together. And if you didn't have your rent, they didn't put it on social media, put you on blast. Somebody got together, together and, and had a, a rent, rent party. Rent, a rent pie to get you to get you together. So that you could stay in the neighborhood. Right. And it didn't they didn't put it down on you or groceries or something like that because they knew one day it might be them. them. So the basic core values have are, are actually being eroded away. Yeah.
0: Okay. And that's where we need to get back to the basics. And that will bring us back. So you wanna say, you know, how do we create home ownership? How do we create wealth? working together
2: okay you know i years ago i was managing about 30 people secretaries and receptions and everything and and um, this young lady was vietnamese was she chinese and she spoke vietnamese and chinese anyway she was asian and she came to work one day with a brand new Camry she was working for me i know how much money she was making so i was like wait a minute and so i asked her i said you know Nothing nothing, and you don't have to tell me, but um, I know how old you are, and I know your education level, because you work for me, and I know how much money you're making. How did you get that car? Oh, Mrs. Hinton, we live in the building. We put our money together. We take turns getting what we need. Mm-hmm. We used to do that. Yeah, we did. And we have to get back to that. Mm-hmm. But we got a group of people that can't even decide where they want to have lunch. <laughs> right. We got people killing each so other. other. And even there are rappers that are in the business saying that they've been in meetings where radio execs um, have admitted that they're paying money for music to foster violence in the black community against black people. But we're buying it and we're listening to it and we're letting our kids listen to it. I don't get it.
0: We, we, We gotta understand no one's going to help us unless we help ourselves Come on, first.
2: ain't nobody coming to save us.
0: If we don't help ourselves first, we're not going to make it.
2: But we help ourselves and you open up the door to everybody else. They come in and step on us and don't look back and don't help us.
0: Well, this is the crazy thing, Sharon. There are times that we do help out others. Mm-hmm. So I've been... I became the president of the Greater Boston Association Realtors. It took me over almost 11 years wow. before I came there, okay? I started off on committees and everything else. And as I went through, there was no one really looking like me in the actual, in that position. Um, and it was a thought-out thought, thought out process to bring me in, which I appreciate. And they saw the great work I had been doing prior, okay, because I had been in the newspapers and everything else, talking about home ownership and everything prior to those years where they brought me in. I've been selling real estate for over 30-plus years. Mm. But I say all this for a reason. As I've moved throughout... My, 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 from the committee's always the president, now the past president. I'll never forget this orientation class that we were just having for the new officers coming in and committee members. And there was about 60 people in the room. Well, I was probably the 40th person in the room when they got to me asking, what are the things that you see and the benefits that you see Then you felt that the organization has really done and what are the great things that you could do? I stopped, took the mic. I literally Looked around the room and said, oh, my God. I says, as I look around this room, I see the seeds that I planted. Mm. And now I'm watching them grow. Mm. And as I looked around the room, I saw a diversity of people from all spectrums and walks of life, from all nationalities, all sexual orientations. And I watched what I had done and how I had touched them. And that was the thing I realized. And I also said to every single one of them, as I bring you through this door.
2: Bring somebody else.
0: Exactly, and don't you do not, do not leave anybody behind. And I said, continue to build. I said, because I only did what I did because someone else gave me an opportunity.
2: Okay, now hold that thought, because we're coming down to the end of the show, but there's this one clip, because you're talking about solutions, and this one clip that I want to show during this break um, it's a couple of minutes, so, so stay with us and watch this information, and we're going to come, down, come back and talk about what we can do about it.
1: Homeownership is a big part of the American dream, yet over the last 20 years, this dream has diminished in the black community. Today, black people have the nation's lowest home ownership rate. Here's how housing reparations could change all of that. Housing Reparations is an initiative that began in Evanston, Illinois, becoming the country's first government reparations program for Black Americans. The program addresses discriminatory housing policies that have impacted the Black community for decades. The Local Reparations Restorative Housing Program allows eligible residents to receive up to $25,000 to put towards a mortgage or down payment assistance, home improvements, and more. To qualify for housing reparations in Evanston, you need to have either been an Evanston resident between 1919 and 1969, have black ancestry, or be a direct descendant of an individual harmed by discriminatory housing policies or practices during that time or later in Evanston. The mission of this reparations program is to address the city's history of discrimination with unfair housing policies, such as redlining, a practice in which lenders refused to give mortgages in and near predominantly black neighborhoods. In the metro Chicago area where Evanston is located, homes in black neighborhoods are undervalued on average by close to $37,000. Housing in black neighborhoods across the country is collectively undervalued compared to equivalent housing in white neighborhoods to a sum of $156 billion. In the United States, a 20 to 30% gap between black and white homeownership rates has continued for more than 100 years. Black people also go into greater debt for less valuable homes and receive less of a return on homeownership than whites a growing number of other cities and states are proposing reparations programs as well. On July 14th, 2021, Asheville, North Carolina had historic approval of reparations for black residents. And California just became the first state to sign a law to study and propose a potential reparations plan.
2: Hey, thanks for watching. And we're back and we've got like five minutes and so much information. Just to let you know that um, there are a lot of things that are happening this week in the community, and you're watching BNN Media. I'm the president of the Boston Media Producers Group, and we've got about 25 producers that are across media, um, radio and television here at BNN TV, podcasting, music, um, graphic artists and everything. And so we, we are together to advocate for what we need in terms of community information. This station here, if you want to learn about what's happening and become part of the solution, you can become a producer here. You can learn how to do this. Um, Just go on the website, the BNN Media. There are also, um, my wonderful director, Ashley Lewis, is going to bring up some of the things that are going on this week. There's a memorial tribute for Eugene Gus um, Newport and Wakulla Street. I used to live on Wakulla Street. when We were like two Mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. Community screenings of Holding Ground. Uh, Another event that's coming up. Is and oh no, I can't really read this, but this is p- part of the reparations. I know what this is. Um, city, if you look at the photograph, uh, city councilor, allied city councilor Jul- Julia Mejia, has put it to some legislation to give the ten-person um, commission for reparations in the city of Boston five hundred thousand dollars additionally to actually research this this uh, project. And so she's asking for people to call the mayor and call the city council and say yes, this is, this is a good thing and this should happen. Um, the I'm no I'm No Victim, Uh, that's this Saturday and it is for um, tools about um, what you should do as a parent and what you should do as a student, this is actually at the Cambridge Public Library I was invited to be one of the speakers on the panel and so we're going to be giving tips to parents and to students about how you can maximize your educational experience to the max and not get caught in debt and what parents can do to support their students what students can do to get out alive and get out on top. So that is happening all this week, and finally, July 16th, Roxbury Unity Parade. It is the, I think it's the 5th or 6th, my friend Toy Burton, who said, all these other communities have parades, why doesn't Roxbury have a parade? And she took it upon herself and she made it happen, so go ahead, Toy. Um, They are still looking for sponsors, they are still looking for people to participate in the parade. Last year, the last couple of years, my organization, Black Teachers Matter, actually, we had a nice black car and we had our red, black, and green you know, apple up there for Black Teachers Matter. So you can participate. You can be in the, the, the parade. You can actually be one of the vendors there. Um, or you can be one of the performers there. So that's some of the stuff that's happening in the community. And that's what we do here at BNN Media TV, letting you know uh, information to build our nation. Coming back. We've got four minutes now.
1: <laughs>
2: you
0: know, it's funny. I wanted to say something because you just... Um when you talked about that cambridge event for the kids that's the thing we're just talking about right there education education <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: that, that's what i do cuz that's what i do education so what are the some of the steps two minutes mm-hmm. so what are some of the steps right now that people can if they want to buy a house that they need to do um to position themselves to be able to buy property or a house because it could be property not just right. a house
0: well, what i want them to first do is just stop putting their money away okay but also doing their homework so, this is what I tell all my first time home buyer classes. Do me a favor. First thing I need you to do, you need you to write down the five places you want to live. Mm-hmm. Okay? Number one. Then what I want you to do from there is I want you to go ahead and get pre-approved, pre-qualified, okay? You need to go talk to a lender. If you don't know what to do, I want you to take a first-time homebuyer class. And there's many first-time homebuyer classes that you can go to. You can go to the Mass.gov website, go to the City of Boston website. Whatever city or town or community you live in, you can actually go to their website and look and see if they have any first-time homebuyer classes. Maha has it. Maha, exactly, Mm -hmm. where I've I've been an instructor for Maha. I actually taught. With Florence Henderson, God rest her soul, she was the very first recipient of the actual soft second program, which is now called the One Program. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but but then Mass Housing also has a first time, Urban Edge does, Nuestra, they all have these programs, these first time home. That's the other thing. But I want you to know where you want to live. Then I want you to do me a favor. Whoever you decide to work with, I want you to work with someone you can trust, someone Mm. you know, someone has your best interest at heart. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't want you just go ahead and get with someone says, oh, I can sell you a house and. They're only looking out for their pocket.
2: Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We get paid by commission, but I want you to look out for that consumer. That's right. Thank you so much. Oh my God. See, I, I could talk a dog off a meat wagon, but then I get guests that can do the same. And an hour or 55 minutes is not enough. So I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate you being here, and you're mm. coming back in July. Yes, sir. Because I, I already am. told you when we first talked about this, this is going to be more than one show. So thank I, you so I, much. I'll come back as much as you need me to. I, oops, we need you every week, but I can't do every week. But. Yeah, but if they have any questions of people, please. And then hopefully we're going to come back with your friend who's a lawyer yes. to actually talk about wills and trust. And will's, trust because it's the one thing to area. get a house. There's another thing to keep it in To the protect family. your assets. To protect your assets. Protect your assets and protect each other. My name is Sharon Henson, and this is On Another Level. God bless you and each other.
0: Thank you like a
3: gang on the street, so you better start running. It's time for some action now. Historical progression. Generations march in succession. Through 400 years, hate, blood, sweat, and tears, and counting. The resistance is mounting. Watch and
0: resist. Put your, fist. Throw your hands in the air just like this. We are the fighters, Another generation of fighters. When it gets hard, we charge. Protest. Another generation of fighters Don't quit, we hit Don't dance. get it twisted Black women insisted Show the world how they resisted Ooh. Alabama got rocked The world was shocked that they did it 98% got rid. In the face of an all slot 600,000 got caught The tables were turned and found. The haters got just what they need